All right. On this episode of the LPDS, we're getting into some of the crazy rules we had as kids given to us by our schools, our teachers, principals, maybe even our parents that didn't make sense as youngsters or even as young adults. And then as we grew older, we looked at them and they're still kind of ridiculous, still mind boggling as to why these rules were set in place. So we'll talk about those. We got some good fan feedback on that. I provide some of my own. Um, stories of of times in school getting getting busted by the rules and um we'll have a good time with it also got a really fun cage fact really fun potentially breaking news cage fact that will provide you guys all that coming up right now All right, Jabronis, we're back. Welcome back to the Libretti Podcast Diary Show. I'm your host, Libretti. All of you guys can see me waving there on YouTube land just now. Uh, Hope everybody had a good week. Hope everybody had a good Memorial Day weekend. We just passed. By the time you're listening to that, we're in the, you know, this is posting in the heart of Memorial Day weekend, but I'm sure you guys won't listen to this until you're done with your hangovers. So I hope you guys enjoyed the Memorial Day weekend, a little break from work. And that you can uh, get back into the swing of things of life again. Um, don't forget, I always say this every year. Remember the reason for this holiday is to remember those who have fallen serving this country. So please keep that in mind before you go out on your ragers and doing anything stupid. But again, by the time you're listening to this, it's all said and done. So I hope you guys didn't get into too much trouble and you took a little time to uh, remember the fallen. So there's that. There's a lot of good stuff that happened this weekend. I know the Thunderbirds were flying over in Jones Beach. I don't know if it was an air show or just a flyover or what it was, but that's pretty cool. The Blue Angels were flying over somewhere in Annapolis, I think, for the Naval Academy graduation. I have a love hate relationship with the Blue Angels. I love flying. I love airplanes. So I love the Blue Angels for that. It's awesome acrobatics. The skill set that they have is unrivaled. But I was stationed in Pensacola for two years. And if you don't know uh, anything about uh, the Blue Angels, a lot of their practice and training occurs in Pensacola at the Naval Air Station there. They do some stuff over in Arizona, I think, certain times of the season, but most of their um, spin-up training for new pilots and getting ready for their season you know, abroad doing shows and what have you is they do it in Pensacola, and they do it at an ungodly early hour. So for bums like me who were pretty much, they call it casual status. That what I was back then. It's when you're tapped for training and there is a backup of the training pipeline and you have to wait until your training date starts. That plus the fact that I was I was appealing a 
a bad medical decision, which I, I think I talked about previously, just, you know, just the basics, but uh, maybe one day I'll get into that in case you want to get bored with that story. Um, I was on a medical appeal. So I, my training was on an indefinite hold and on casual status, you don't really have a job. You show up in the morning for attendance, like a student, and then you can go do uh physical training, PT, go hit the gym. And then some of us had jobs and I say jobs loosely because all I was in charge of doing was making dog tags, um, in processing new students, giving them their paperwork, uh, the necessary quizzes that ne they needed to take before training started and setting up their, their training temporary duties, like the trips that they had to go to a different base for some training. I was basically, uh, the paperwork secretary type. And that was like a 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. job. So I didn't do much. But that being said, at 6, 7 in the morning, a couple times a week, the Blue Angels were flying over my little on-base apartment. And when you're coming fresh out of college, most of your mornings consist of uh, sleeping them off, if you will. And because it's a family show, Terrence, I don't want to get into the details of that necessarily. So let's just leave it at that. But it was loud and, and became very annoying and cumbersome for um, a young idiot like me. So love-hate relationship with the Blue Angels, but they're impressive. They're awesome. So I hope you go see them one time in your lives. Same with the Thunderbirds. They're awesome too. Go Air Force, whatever. Um, quick spearhead leadership business update for you guys. Then, then I'll stop because this is for the accountability portion of things. The website is up. We've officially launched the business. Okay. There are still a lot of things that need to be done on the back end behind the scenes to keep things moving. Um, but we are now in the aggressive phases of looking for clients and people interested. So you can go check out the website. I would appreciate if you guys took the time to check the website out for your feedback. And you can, you know, hit me up in the DMs or text me or whatever to give me some feedback on uh, what you think of the website. It's www.spearheadleadership.co, not .com.co. It's a business website. Um, check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, and if you have anybody in mind, or maybe your company is looking to hire someone to come train, provide some courses on leadership to your employees, um, hit me up. We'll talk about it. I'm not going to do much more marketing or you know promos for Spearhead, but I wanted to give an update for the accountability buddy side of things. Um, and I appreciate all you guys keeping me honest on that because it's definitely, definitely helped you know get me past past the goal line and starting checking accomplishment boxes on that. Otherwise, I would have sat on it for way longer. I wanted to pull the trigger on some things because I was doing the whole analysis to paralysis. How you doing? Uh, and it wasn't going well. So I appreciate you guys keeping me honest on that. That being said, what else we got here real quick? Um, Tina Turner passed away. That's real. That's the only current event I'm going to discuss because the other stuff I don't, I, I don't even remember. It's so unimportant and, and malarkey that I didn't even remember it. But Tina Turner passed away. Great singer. Um, love her. Love her. Love her work. Didn't know her personally. Uh, I, I always feel weird about people's reactions to celebrities passing away that we never met. But at the you know the same time, these people have impacts on our lives, whether we meet them or not, through music, acting, their artwork, uh, sports, athletes, whatever. They have an impact on us. 
So um, I get it. It's it was it's it was sad to hear. She was a great performer. I think she was like 86 years old. So she lived a good life, wild life. So rest in power, Tina. All right. We got a good junction. Some fun feedback about school rules, parent rules, teacher rules, whatever. So we're going to get into that. But first, step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by the Franzia Fanny. From the makers of Franz Tactical Fanny Packs, the Franzia Fanny is the perfect accessory to not only carry all your important unmentionables to a sporting event or concert, but you can also house 32 ounces of your favorite alcoholic beverage. Hello. Equipped with a hidden bladder that's attached to a sippy straw, you can feel confident walking through any event security gate as the bladder is sewn behind the fanny pockets so no high school level security guard will find it during inspection. So you can go to any Joel Osteen concert. I don't know. It's not a concert. Joel Osteen event knowing at any given time, you can take a hit of the sacrament and really get a good buzz for the Lord. So to get your franzia fanny today, visit www.mobilemimosa.com and use the promo code Alcoholics Anonymous for 29% off your first order. That's the end. I'm leaving it. Sometimes I'll go back and reread when I mess up, but we're doing it live, folks. That's it. Let me let me just mention something real quick in case you guys haven't noticed. I don't know. I don't remember the exact date of when we sp- we were sponsored by, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, Franny's fanny packs, tactical fanny packs. But since then, the fanny pack trend has absolutely exploded. Okay, and I know you've noticed it. Your significant other probably has a pack. Your friends have packs. I, I'm packed up all the time. Most of them now are wearing it across their cleavage, guys and gals, because that's the, that's the trendy way to wear it. But the pack is back. Okay, and there's no denying it. And you heard it here first however many years ago. Two years ago, maybe that, that ad ran. Franny got free sponsorship, free press, and the packs exploded. And all the people that still laugh at me for, for packing up, who's laughing now? I got zero dollars from that, that venture. <laughs> I guess you are still laughing now. Whatever. Anyway, the cage fat. This is potential breaking news, folks. Nick Cage just came out with Renfield. Tremendous movie. Fun, gory. Exciting. It has been stated that Nick Cage might have a cameo in the upcoming movie, The Flash, as Superman. I'm letting that sink in for you guys a little bit. Here's why it's big news. Back in 1989-1990 time frame, if you don't remember a previous Cage fact when we talk about his love of Superman and stuff, Nick Cage was set to play Superman in Richard Burton's, not Richard Burton, <laughs> Tim Burton's rendition called Superman Lives. 
and there's old video footage of him in the Superman costume with long hair and looking wild. That movie never came to be. And that character, that role has eluded Nick Cage since then. And now, in 2023, there's a chance that he reprises that role. I think it's his favorite super superhero, Superman, as a cameo, a short cameo in the movie The Flash. Now, here's why I say potential cameo. Because I'm not holding my breath. What I think might be going on is that because The Flash, I think I'm thinking of the right movie, has has caught so much heat recently because of the actor, whoever plays The Flash, I forgot his name or her name or whatever their name is, Ezra Miller, Ezra something. The, he's the creep. He's He kidnapped the girl. He's gotten uh, arrested for drunken disorderly breaking into his neighbor's homes. All this, all this other crazy stuff. He's a he's a bad guy, okay. And he's not just an annoying guy or a drunk or a loudmouth. He like kidnapped a young girl and has been grooming her to become essentially like his sex slave. Um, it's his own form of human trafficking. Um, so they already made the DC already made the movie with him, and then all this stuff came out. And he's been on the run. I don't know if he was actually arrested yet. I know he was hiding around Europe and stuff. I think there's a video delay. Damn it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix this in post. So if there is a video delay with the audio, I apologize. I did everything I can to fix it, but it, I don't think it's going to work out. Anyway, he's a creepo. So I think what they're doing is they're putting out these little nuggets of potential greatness to get people to go see the movie. Otherwise, it's just a movie with a a pedophile and a human trafficker playing the main character. So I, nobody really wants to go see that movie. Um, so I think this, there's a chance that they're doing it for that reason. So I'm, I'm still a little skeptical on it. Um, I'm not going to go see it in theaters to begin with. I, wa I wasn't planning on it anyway, but um, we'll see what happens. Anyway, We'll get right into it. We'll move on over into the junction and spin the logo up. We're talking about crazy rules from school. Now, I don't know why I was thinking about this. I think I saw some articles on the internets about stuff people were doing in school, kids getting in trouble for stuff. I saw uh, an article about a senior prank that went wrong. So apparently this one school, I forgot where it was, the seniors in this high school got the keys to the school from the principal and told the principal that, oh, we're just going to do a silly prank. We just want to get in and throw, you know, toilet paper around. Nothing too crazy or whatever. And she gave them the keys and they show up in school the next day. And the place is a disaster area to the point where I guess several teachers were in tears. Now, in this day and age, people cry over everything. And not to say crying is is a weakness. Um, I certainly don't think you should, you know, withhold your emotions like that, but the threshold for people crying these days is a lot lower than it used to be. So I don't know how chaotic it was. Um, I read that they put Vaseline all over the place and oil all over the place and slicked up the floors and they threw people's, uh, teachers, personal belongings all over the classrooms and stuff. They pretty much just vandalized the school. It wasn't really a prank where you like, put um, 
styrofoam flakes in the air conditioning unit so it looks like it's snowing or things like that. I don't even know what else. Peanut butter on the doorknobs. I don't know what else those kids did. We didn't really do any senior pranks in my high school. We didn't even have senior cut day. I think I think four people cut on senior cut day in my school. And those guys weren't going to class anyway, so it was just like regular cut day for them. So um, I saw that. Maybe that's what sparked it. But it got me thinking about some funny, ridiculous, stupid rules that we had in school. Sec, folks, this damn microphone. This stand really stinks. Talk about a bad purchase, Libretti. Don't get this mic stand. I forgot what it's called. I don't even want to shout them out and give them any publicity. Anyway. So I was starting thinking about some of the stuff that I had to deal with as a kid in school and even as a young adult in college and stuff. And I wanted to get your feedback on your stories uh, to see if these rules were as ridiculous now as they were when we were younger. Because a lot of times you hear, you know, you think as a kid, oh, this is stupid rule. But really, you know, in reality, it makes sense as an adult. Like, oh, yeah, I could see why they did that. Um, so I got your feedback. I appreciate the people who chimed in, who had the time to chime in. I know some people who usually provide feedback, um, weren't able to do so. They were busy. So I get it. Uh, I understand completely. Now we'll get right into it. The first one here, this person said, I don't know what grade it was, but they said they had a no cell phone rule in class. This is funny to me. And this is now I'm going to be like the old guy back in my day. We didn't have cell phones. I didn't have a cell phone until senior year of high school. They weren't really a thing. In fact, I remember distinctly senior year of high school in my economics class, we used to have um, like CNBC or whatever the money money channel was on in the background. And there was a commercial on there about the Motorola Razor and how it was about to come out in like a month from then. This was back in 2005. And that the technology of the Razor would not be rivaled for for 10 years from there. It was so highly advanced and technologically savvy and sound that no cell phone could match it for up to 10 years. It was a 10 years ahead of its game. I think within three or four years, the iPhone came out. Just to, just to give you an idea of how fast technology moves and advances, um, even back then, within three years, Actually, within one year, they already had different phones out that were better than the Razer. But I had a track phone I bought from 7-Eleven, and you would buy calling card minutes on it. And I had it so I can call my parents if I needed a ride home from practice if my car broke down when I got my license and all that stuff. Otherwise, I couldn't even text on it. Couldn't do anything but call. And I can only call for as many minutes as I bought, which was like 20 minutes a month because... I was poor. And that's what we had. So the cell phone thing wasn't a problem back then. It wasn't an issue. Um, I think my sister got a cell phone that same year because she was a freshman in college. And we ended up kind of sharing that phone. So um, that was it for a little bit. And then I got to college. I saved up my money. I bought a Razor. I think that summer I bought a Razor phone, Motorola. And then within the next year, I bought the next best thing was like a Samsung version of it, just as thin, much cooler. You could take better pictures. It had the camera that you can rotate around on the phone itself. It was very sweet. So I bought that. And that was that. That was technology back then. So when 
This person said they had a no cell phone rule in class. I don't know if they still have that these days. I'm sure they have to have some sort of restrictions so people don't get distracted. I don't know. But um, the rule we had related to that in middle school and high school was we couldn't we couldn't be dicking around with our TI-84 calculators unless we were taking a test and and that and calculators were allowed on the test. That's the only time. The calculators back then, you could download games on the TI-84s and the TI-91s and the on the those big ones, those big rectangle size ones. They were like this this big, and you could put games on there. I had Mario on there. I had um, I forgot the name of the game, but it was the one where the where the ball drops and you have to direct it through the wickets before um, it gets to the to the bottom or whatever. It was like a it was like a pseudo Tetris kind of thing. And then I had a baseball game that you can play. I was playing. You can hit grand salamis and all that good stuff, and it was fun. So that was that was our restriction: is you couldn't be screwing around with your calculator during history class, things like that. So. Thanks for that input. It brought me down memory lane for sure. and made me feel like an old bastard. All right. The next one here. This guy said that he went to a private school. And at the time, they had no air conditioning. And the rule in his private school was you had to wear slacks, you know, dress pants, button down long sleeve shirts, a jacket and a tie, even without AC. Now, I understand the uniform policy of private schools, uniform um, haircut restrictions. I get it for the for a form of discipline and uh, you know camaraderie and teamwork. And this is the policy of our school is you're a private school that you have to wear our uniform. Um, but no AC is tough. And I know this because some of our classrooms, we had an old building in, in our high school and some of the older classrooms didn't have air, air conditioning or you had the window one. So it wasn't really that great. The newer part of the school had obviously air conditioning. So it wasn't, wasn't a problem, but yeah, that, that shit gets hot. I get it. And you couldn't take your jacket off. I could at my time, but this guy couldn't take his jacket off. Couldn't loosen his tie up. Couldn't roll his sleeves, nothing. So that was a tough one just because of the uniformity. So that's, that's tough because I get the whole uniformity. It's a it's our policy, blah, blah, blah. But if it's 90 degrees and you're in a hot box inside the classroom, you can let you let the students take the jackets off. And then when they go in the hallway again, representing the school out in public or whatever, you put the jackets back on, whatever. But um, that's where the that's where the rules and the policies start to get a little ridiculous when there's no give for no real reason. So I feel for you, my man. Thank you for that. All right. Next one here. This this person said that during her in-school suspensions, uh, so sometimes there's suspensions, they, they keep you at home, and then sometimes they're in-school suspensions, which is like all-day detention for a couple of days. And this girl said that in, in her suspensions, her in-school suspensions, they made the students listen to old-school rap and then recite the lyrics at the end. Like they had to memorize it and then, and then do the raps at the end. No reason why. It sounds like a, a strange punishment. It's funny to me. It's not the worst in the world. It doesn't make any sense, though. And it still doesn't as an adult. I'm curious if they could get away with that this day and age, because I don't know if you heard any old school rap, but it's 
not family show appropriate. And that's all I'm going to say about that. If you say some of those lyrics now, you're going to get canceled um, like Barstool Mincy did on Barstool Sports. He said an old rap lyric on a live stream and he had to get he got canned for it. So I don't know if they're still doing that. I kind of hope they're not. Uh, so kids don't get in trouble. But also at the same time, I kind of hope they are because that's a fun way to spend your in-school suspension. So thanks for that. All right. This girl here wrote, I think this is a middle school or high school. I'm not exactly sure. But she said that their rule for dress code was they couldn't have any shoulder straps less than an inch thick. So if they were wearing tank tops like this, like the LPDS tank top, the strap here, the tank had to be at least an inch thick, anything thinner, and it was a no-go. And their shorts and skirts rule, they had to when they had to put their arms straight down at their sides while standing up. And if their shorts or their skirts or dresses did not go past their fingertips, then the shorts were too short. And they were not allowed and you had to you had to remove them and well, probably not remove them there, but you had to you had to get new new clothes. You had to go. I'm sure they had some like MC Hammer pants or weird goofy sweatpants that they made the girls wear if their shorts or their skirts were too short. Um, seemingly stupid rule. We had the same rule in my middle school, and a couple of teachers were really uh, anal about it, for lack of a better term. Um, before you got into your their class, they would do inspections and be like, "Put your arms down." Oh, that's too short. Uh, Go go to the principal's office, and I don't know. I don't know what they made them do. Uh, I get. I, I understand the the intent behind it. You don't want people dressing like floozies. You don't want dudes wee wees hanging out of their short shorts. Uh, you don't want girls uh, behinds in middle school hanging out either. It's inappropriate. I get that, but uh, there weren't a lot of people. A lot of brands making clothes for middle schoolers that were that revealing back then. I'm sure there were some. I'm not saying there weren't any. People found ways to look scandalous when they were out at school dances and stuff like that. But for the most part, um, for the most part back then, parents weren't weren't letting their kids, most of their kids, go out there and dress like that. But I don't know what they were gonna do. If a kid came in and it was a half inch short, you know, above the fingertips or even a centimeter above the fingertips, were they sending kids home? Were they making parents bring in new sets of clothes? Did they have clothes for them? What were they doing? What was the actual punishment? Were you getting detention? So I don't know what it was. Again, I get the intent behind it, but the execution just did not did not go well. And it was stupid. The spaghetti strap thing, I also didn't understand. I guess because I didn't want to show too much skin. I don't know. It was stupid. Um, but that was that was the rule there. So there you go. Thank you for that. All right. This next person here said um, their school had a no hat policy inside the classroom, inside the school. I think my middle school had the same thing. Certainly my high school because we had to wear uniforms. So no hats there. Um, but that was, again, another rule that didn't make sense. I don't know if it was because they thought people were going to hide cheat sheets in their hats, like under the brims of their hats or something. I don't exactly know what it was. I know the general sort of etiquette for hats is you take your hat off indoors. That started way back in the day. I don't know how it started. Um, 
but that was that's what you do. You take your hat off indoors in the military when you're wearing your caps, your flight caps or your your camo caps, you take it off indoors. Um, that's actually a rule where you had to do that. So I don't know if if that was just a continuation of old timey rules that they never just updated and changed or because they were trying to hide cheating or stop cheating or hiding drugs or weaponry. I don't know what it was. I still to this day don't exactly know what it was. Maybe in a, a school administrator can enlighten us one day. Probably not, though, because they're busy making six figures, doing nothing, treating teachers like shit. So um, let them do their 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 jobs, I guess. But this person here also, this is actually the bone crusher. This is what makes it really funny. So I appreciate this feedback. He had a rule by his parents, Big Mike, uh, at the time. I, I guess apparently bone crusher was not giving his best effort in school back in the day because school is garbage as a kid. The whole format is is terrible these days. It's it's does it's not conducive of learning or growing or anything at all anymore. Um, so yeah, there's no incentive, there's no desire, there's no motivation for a kid to want to even do anything there. So apparently, Big Mike got pissed at the bone crusher and his punishment after he got probably beaten up for it and his ass chewed out for it. He had to go every day after each class and get his assignment pad initialed by his teacher to show that he got the assignments and he was doing the homework each day. And he said it was embarrassing, but eventually he would just get good grades and then he wouldn't have to do it anymore. And it was, it's just further proof that the school system was garbage because at any given moment he could get good grades. It wasn't because he was stupid and not learning. It's just because he didn't want to do it. And I, I, I know that feeling. Most of my time in school was me not wanting to do school. And I can tell you that's how most kids are back then and to this day. Okay. There's nothing cool about school anymore. You can't even have cool sports at recess anymore. It's, it's malarkey. Anyway, before I get on my soapbox about it, that's what he had to do. Big Mike made him get his assignment pad signed every day, and he had to go check it and verify it each time. And that's pretty funny, especially if you know Big Mike. I'm not going to put a picture up in case he doesn't want his picture shown, and I don't want him to beat me up or burn me with a cigarette or something. So we're just going to leave it at that. So thanks for the feedback, Bone Crusher. All right. And a couple of my stupid rules that I was thinking of. Um, and I think a lot of people had this too. So in middle school, and I think some high schools, after Columbine happened, they created this rule of no backpacks in class in the classrooms. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure Columbine either started that or reinvigorated that rule. I know they the reason was so they're not hiding weapons and drugs and all this other stuff in their backpacks. So you leave your backpack in your locker and you just bring the books for each class. Well, again, good intention, but in reality, it, it was a nightmare because they only gave you about a minute 30 to two minutes from the bell ringing to get from one class to another. So either you had to carry all your books and notebooks for your morning sessions before lunch with you all, all all over the place, which is a bunch of books. We had to carry and we were finding all these different ways to carry them in the, underneath our arm like this, behind our backs, whatever we had to do to hold them long enough to get through the mass chaos that is the hallway in between periods. And those books are heavy. 
and people and there's always people around that were purposely knocking people's books out of their hands or bowling them over, giving them shoulders and stuff. Um, I was giving people shoulders, my buddy's shoulders all the time. We were trying to have, we always had these little fights about, uh, not fights, but like little games of, let's see if I can bowl over, you know, Anthony's book books before he can get mine down like a, like a joust almost. Uh, but it's chaos. And I got a lot, I had a lot of forearm bruises. Um, a lot of a lot of you know bad experiences doing that. If you didn't carry all your books in in the morning and afternoon sessions, you had to go back to your locker between each period to to drop off books and bring back new books. So the, the likelihood that you actually forget a notebook or you you know you leave a, your your homework in your locker and the mad dash to switch was very high. It happened a lot. For the most part, though, some teachers were a little bit understanding, but a lot of them weren't. A lot of them had these hard set rules. If you don't have your homework with you in the classroom right then and there when class starts, I'm counting it as you not doing your homework and you get a zero. So even if you did all the work, if you had a paper due, a project, a diorama, whatever it was, if you, if you left it in your locker, it was as good as a zero. That means you didn't do your work. So all that effort went to nothing just to prove a point. Like, oh, you should have brought your stuff with you. It didn't teach any real point at all. No real point. All it proved was that you had the power and we were stupid humphead kids that couldn't do anything about it. We didn't learn anything. We didn't learn our lesson. We, we couldn't get to our books faster. You guys only gave us a minute 30 between periods. So you being that black and white and a hard set and ain't retentive about it did nothing for our growth and education. In fact, you made it harder for us to succeed because now we had zeros on our homeworks that we did. And now what's the motivation again to do our homework? Anyway, I digress. One class, my science class, I had Miss Trappy in science. She was, an, uh, she was a good science teacher, very passionate about science and teaching. But she was one of the teachers who had that hard and fast rule for no real reason. And I don't know if some kids disrespected her back in the day, and now she was just proving a point that she was a teacher and we were the students. I don't know what it was, but she made sure that if we did not have our homework with us, the second the bell rang and she closed the door, then we did not do our homework. We, must, we have zeros. And one day, the project we had to bring in was something moldy because we were talking about funguses and mold and how things, you know, how food goes bad, the science behind mold and fungi and what had. So it was an interesting class to say the least that day because people were bringing in moldy shit. So logically, and I'm just a seventh grade piss pants kid, I still had the, the, what I considered to be sound logic at the time, I'm leaving that in my locker. I am not carrying around moldy food around with me all morning or all afternoon until this class started. I'm just going to leave it in there. Well, the class before my science class got out late. I don't know if we had a test or the teacher was logging or some kids were getting out of hand, but we were not allowed to leave at the bell. We had a wait. Therefore, I was not allowed to go to my locker 
to be able to get my stuff and bring it to class in time for class to start because I would have gotten into detention and gotten in trouble for being late by the same teacher. And if I got detention, it was, I might as well have killed a guy, according to my parents. If I got detention for anything, my parents would have sent me right to jail. In fact, I would have rather have gone to jail than have to deal with telling my parents I got detention. They were not messing around back then. So I went right to the class instead of going to my locker and risking being late. And I, and I tried to reason with the teacher, hey, Ms. Trappy, the previous class, my, my language arts class got let out late and I didn't get to my locker. My locker's right over there and I pointed to it. It's right there. You see it? Number 262 or whatever number I was. It's right there. Can I go get my project my moldy fucking food, sorry, Terrence, family show, out of the locker and show you this moldy pepper. I think I had some stuffed peppers that my mom made that we saved one and let it go bad uh, after a couple of days or weeks or whatever so for this project. So we were preparing for the project. Nope. You didn't plan accordingly. Therefore, these are the consequences for your actions. That's what I was told. I did not plan accordingly. I did not plan for my previous class running late and for me to not have the time to go get to my locker. Well, technically speaking, she's right. I didn't plan for that. And I still could have technically gone to my locker. I would have been late. So I did ad hoc planning. I did contingency planning immediately to go ask for permission and let them know, hey, my class got out late. I usually go to my locker. I didn't want to carry moldy shit around with me all day. Can I go to my locker and get it? I still got the no. I got a zero for the homework. No mold to produce. So you would think I learned nothing about like that's that's what happened. No, no credit for the all the effort we put in to cultivating this mold on these peppers, to making sure they were in a safe environment that the, the mold can cultivate without us getting sick, breathing in a moldy crap that the teachers didn't tell us about. Ms. Trappy did not tell us how to properly grow mold without us getting sick as well. It was up to us and our parents to figure that out which is fine. Give the parents more freedom to, to teach their kids, you know, whatever. We figured it out. We got it. But all that was gone to waste. Weeks of effort, gone. And on top of that, I left the moldy bag of peppers in my locker the rest of the year. Because in a mad dash to get from that class to another, I was switching books out. I put that, and uh, when I put books in, I pushed the bag all the way to the back of the locker, the top shelf of the locker, and that's all she wrote, folks. That bag stayed in my locker for another three months, and it was not until the last week of school we had locker cleanup day, and I'm going through my crap in my locker, and I start smelling something funky. And I was like, what the hell is this? I usually kept a good locker situation. I had a couple of papers and, and, and garbage that I could throw away at the bottom area. And then the rest was pretty much clean, clean and organized because I had to keep an efficient system to get my lockers in time, you know, to be able to get my stuff in time before, to go to class. So I didn't know what the smell was. My friends next to me didn't know what the smell was. They were smelling it too. Finally, I got a step stool, this little 
up on top of the shelf because I'm a little guy. I couldn't see up top there. And I see the bag and I was like, oh, no. My 0% homework credit is sitting in there three months later. And let me tell you something. If this was like a cartoon or a sci-fi movie, that thing would have come alive and eaten me. That thing was funky. It, it seeped through the bag, the Ziploc bag I had it in. The whole lock, locker shelf was just riddled with seeping mold and pepper juice and nastiness. And if I, if I, if I was a tough guy and an adult, I would have taken that bag and I would have thrown it right in Miss Trappy's car. But I was a kid and not a tough guy, probably better off not being a tough guy at the time. And I just threw it in the garbage and I had to clean the locker. I had to spray it down with Lysol and clean it all out. I essentially punished, was punished twice for that because I got zero credit for the homework. And then I had to go clean up the mess of a disgusting locker. So I'll never forget that. Thank you very much, Miss Trappy. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, here's another crazy one. We're talking about uh, school like clothing restrictions and dress code. That's the word I'm thinking of. Dress code. Uh, some of the stuff was obvious. No, no naked, no naked babes on your shirts. No, you know, see-through shirts. Whatever. Um, I wore an Italian soccer jersey one day to school. It was uh, at the time the soccer jerseys were made by Kappa which was a, a very popular uh, soccer apparel brand, K-A-P-P-A. And if you look up the logo of Kappa, the logo was two people, the silhouettes, man and woman, sitting on the ground back to back, sort of like the fetal position. Their backs were next to each other, connected to each other, and then their legs were out. Uh, if, I, if I could find a picture, I'll pop it up here to show you the logo. Um, and the logo was in the the top right or top left of the jersey. It was a blue Italy jersey. It had the Italy logo on one side and the Kappa insignia on the top other side, sort of towards the shoulder blade. Small, maybe this big. If you're looking at YouTube land, it was about this wide, that big. And I roll up to, I mean, this is middle school still, of course. And I roll up to middle school and about halfway through the day, some some teacher with a stick up their ass. I'm sure some kid disrespected them and they were dealing with piss pants kids all day. I, I, I get it. Look, teachers had the toughest job out there because they get paid shit and they have to deal with your sorry ass kids being disrespectful and spoiled and rude because you don't know how to parent. That's what they're dealing with. I understand. So this person was in it. I forgot who the teacher was, but they saw my shirt and they said, Libretti, you, big nose right to the principal's office. And I, and I was like, what, what did I do? I, I didn't even do anything this time. Usually if I'm going to the principal's office, I'm a dickhead. I, I did something or I convinced somebody else to do something. And I got in trouble for it too, because they busted me um, and rightfully so. But I didn't do anything this time. I was just walking to lunch. I was just trying to eat my Friday peanut butter and jelly. That was foil wrapped by JPL followed by a banana or an apple that was also foil wrapped by JPL, followed by a juice box that was also foil wrapped by JPL. 
why he had to foil wrap a banana or an apple, which already has a natural wrapping around it. I will never know. He might've been trying to keep it cool for me. I, I, I don't understand it. Cause we put it in a fridge. If we had stuff like that, whatever, but I just wanted to go eat my lunch in peace with my pals in the cafe gymatorium. And I got sent to detention, not to detention. I got sent to the principal's office and they escorted me over there. And they said, this person's wearing an inappropriate shirt and they can't be wearing that anymore. And the assistant principal looked at it and he's like, okay, we'll handle it from here. And I was like, Mr. Kane, what the hell is going on? I didn't say that because I was a kid and he's a principal, vice principal. What are, what are we doing here? And he's like, well, your logo has a naked lady on it. And that's not allowed in this school. And I was like, well, first of all, it's not my logo. I didn't, I didn't put it on there. Like, I didn't create the, the brand. I wish I did because I wouldn't be in this stupid school. Second of all, it's a, it's a brand logo on a soccer jersey. I'm not wearing like a Howard Stern shirt or a Playboy bunny shirt. I'm wearing a soccer jersey, and this is the brand that makes the soccer jersey. Third of all, it's a silhouette. There's not even nipple. You can barely make out a boob because the logo is so small. You have to actually stand within three feet of me to see that it might be a woman in that silhouette. So what are we doing here? You created a policy with good intent, and now you're punishing everybody for any ridiculous thing just because it's you can say that, technically speaking, there's a naked woman on there. You don't know if she's naked. What if she's wearing a, a, a one-piece, a space suit or something, a, you know, an aviation flight suit? You have no idea. It's a silhouette. It's a white cartoonish-looking silhouette, too. Barely looks like people at all. And I got my parents, my parents got called, could never wear that jersey again in school. To this day, I still don't know why. They never gave me a logical explanation other than they said there was a naked woman on there and I was a menace to society for it. So that's that. Another thing I never understood and I still don't understand is closed book tests. Here's, and I'm going to follow me here, fellas and ladies. I understand the concept of testing somebody's knowledge and ability to, to do something. But in school, how much actual learning are we doing as opposed to memorization? Okay, math class, you kind of have to know concepts and how to do math equations. You can't just like the book is not going to help you there on math tests. Got it. But other tests, history, reading, English, whatever, <laughs> reading class, <laughs> uh, closed book tests don't make sense to me, especially in, in college too, because in real life, in your jobs and your careers, when are you were you ever in a position to have to know something without being able to go reference something else for an answer if you didn't know off, off the top of your head? So the concept of closed book tests was just 
proving that they only cared about memorization and not so much understanding and actually learning. So I always had a problem with closed book tests. I thought they were stupid. In no real world scenario are we going to need to do that. If you're a pilot, uh, if you're in combat, yeah, there are certain concepts that you have to know on how to fly a plane in an emergency or when you're getting shot at, things like that, certainly. But you still have to actually understand the concepts and how to do the things. Okay, If you just memorize information off a checklist, it doesn't make any sense if you don't know how to do it. So they were actually pilots and those guys still get actually taught how to do something and understand and comprehend it as opposed to memorizing it only. And in school, they were not teaching us comprehension as much as memorization. Some teachers were. I, I, I know it sounds like I'm dogging on teachers. I'm not. It's really more so the policies behind it and the restrictions that they're put under. But the closed book test, I'll never understand to this day. Uh, and then when they say you're cheating, um, no, I'm not. I'm doing what I would do in real life as an adult is if I don't know it off the top of my head, I'll just go reference it or I'll ask somebody for help. So um, you're not teaching me any real world concepts here. Um, that plus another thing in academia that I learned the hard way in, in when I was doing grad school for a bit was self-plagiarism. I did not know that was a thing, and I fought to the death on this one. Um, but apparently, if you write a paper on a, on a particular topic, and then a different class asks for a paper on the same topic, you can't use what you wrote from the other class on that paper. It's called self-plagiarism. And it is a concept made up by academia. I believe I, I'm, I'm sure I bitch about this in the past, but it's a completely made up rule and policy that you can't use your own previous thoughts from before, even if you cite the source. And that's all master's papers are. It's just copy and pasting and plagiarizing from other people and then citing the source. As long as you reference it appropriately, according to the format they, they dictate, you're okay. If you have an original thought on there, they call you a liar and a cheater. And you didn't cite your source, therefore, you're a cheater. But for self-plagiarism, you can't use your own thoughts and you can't even source your own material because now you're a self-cheater. And no adult, no professor, no administrator, no principal, no higher education professional will ever be able to accurately and effectively explain that to me to the point where I understand it and agree with it. It is one of, if not the stupidest rule and reason to fail somebody on, a, on a, an assignment, something that they worked on because they use their own thoughts and their own previous efforts on a different paper. There is, there is no, and I did this. I did the, I did the, uh, the effort, you know, the homework on this, the critical analysis. I asked every professor. I fought this to the death, and no one could give me a straight answer. In fact, some of them even said, "I don't understand it either. I just know that if more than fifteen percent of your paper is your writings from a previous paper, it's plagiarism." Even if that fifteen percent included references from other sources. So if somebody wrote a book and I referenced it in one paper, 
And then in the second paper, I write that same thing. And I wrote here, according to my paper in this class, Nietzsche says this. Nope. Self-plagiarism. It's plagiarism inception because I can't source a source or source of a source or whatever it was. Absolutely ridiculous rule. I'll never get, I'll never get over it. To this day, I'm heated about it. I'll never get over how stupid that rule is. And you wonder why I have a problem with higher education. And you wonder why I have, most people have a problem with higher education these days. It's a sham. But don't get me started on that. Actually, the next couple ones are going to get me started on the scam that is higher education. Buying textbooks in college. What is that? We had to buy our own textbooks. I'm sure you still do. Had to buy your own textbooks in college. You could get them if you were smart and savvy. You went online to find used copies for a little cheaper. Otherwise, if you're just a regular kid who doesn't know any better, like most of us were, at least freshman year, then what do they tell? What do they do? They tell you go to the bookstore. They have them at the bookstore. Everything you can possibly want is at the bookstore, not a library. The bookstore, and you could buy your textbook on calculus for a really cheap price of $350. So you buy that textbook, you do calculus. By the way, calculus has not changed in decades. They have not found any new advancements, any new proven theories in calculus in decades, maybe centuries. But when you go to sell the book back, the bookstore will give you $12 for it. And why is that? Because they, they're in cahoots with the professors and the professors tell you, oh, we're not going to use that book next year. We're going to use an updated book that has the new math in it. So there's no point in us buying the book back. We'll give you $12 for it so we can go recycle it or we'll resell it. That's what they were really doing because guess what? Guess what they were using the next year in calculus? The same damn book. And that's the scam of higher education. Again, I'm on my soapbox. I'm getting crazy here. I'm putting the tinfoil hat on. I'm losing it. But that's, that's another ridiculous rule I'll never understand. Buying your own textbooks and then getting screwed over by the school when they try to convince you that they're not using that same book anymore. There's a new version out. Bullshit. Bullshit. And luckily, if you have friends that have been around the block for a little bit in college, they'll tell you how to how to actually get books at a, a better rate. So the next thing, the final thing I'll, I'll bitch about when it comes to ridiculous school rules or policies or things is having to pay for school parking. Now, in high school, we didn't have to do that. Our issue was that the parking lot was small in our school because the school was old. It was built on a hill. So you only had, the only parking you were allowed to do was uh, teacher parking in the parking lots. Otherwise, you had to go park on the street, and sometimes you had to walk like a mile just to get to school uh, from the parking, you know, from wherever you parked. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, I I went to a private high school, so I had to drive like thirty minutes to school each day. So it's not like I could just walk to school from my house or anything like that. That's what we had to do. Um, whatever, that wasn't that wasn't terrible. But in college, and I'm sure some schools who have this, some private schools or whatever. You had to pay for your parking passes, and you were only allowed to park in certain areas where your passes were approved. Otherwise, 
Good luck finding a spot to get to class. And to top that all off, not only was that a stupid scam of a policy just to get more, squeeze more money out of you, if you parked in the wrong spot to go get to class in time so you can learn and grow and get your money's worth like you wanted to or you, so you thought you were going to get an education in there, you get your car booted or you get a ticket or you get it towed. And you can't even get the professor to write you a pass and be like, hey, this person had a test. They had to get here. I understand. Let's give them a let's give them a, you know, a pass, a free pass here. Nope. You got booted or ticketed, and you had to go to school court, kangaroo court, to plead your case to a you know, a school administrator and some kiss ass dick sucking students on the student board of juries or whatever who were who were drinking the punch about higher education and they were just trying to get you know try to get ahead of the game and you had to go convince them that this is an egregious ticket a speed like a, a parking ticket that you had to pay more for so not only was i already paying for parking for the stupid pass now i got to pay for this parking ticket because i parked one spot over in the wrong zone cuz i had to get to class to get to a test or a presentation or whatever and I had, to go, I had to go plead my case to some asshole whose salary depended on these parking tickets and these little scams and the bookstore uh, snake oil sales. I didn't pay the ticket. And I know a couple of my friends who left their, park, who left their cars in the wrong zones until, the, until they got their cars booted. They're just to make a statement like, screw you guys. I'm not standing for it. It was ridiculous. A ridiculous rule. Even as an adult now, it's still ridiculous. I mean, I know the reasons behind these, some of these rules, the buying of the books, the pay for parking. It's it's a money scam. That's a money scam. And you could call me crazy and, and a nut job and whatever. That's for money. That's the the racket of for-profit universities these days. But now I'm that I'm heated. That's all I gotta say about that. I gotta cool off. Before we go, real quick, the big three. It's the three pillars to staying strong and being a better, happier, more successful, less stressful human being and spreading that goodness to the world. Number one, exercise every day. Whatever you got to do, jumping jacks, go for a walk, break a mental sweat, meditation, any sort of exercise. And we're expanding this out. I started thinking about this further recently and exercising your mind and your soul is just as important, obviously, as exercising your body. Now, exercising your body will make you healthy physically, mentally, and emotionally. But so will exercising your brain and your soul. So meditation, breath work for the soul, reading, doing like word puzzles, word, you know, what do they call it? Wordle, squirtle, crosswords, New York Times crosswords for the ladies in DC and New York City probably too. Work your brain, work your soul, work your body, and you'll be healthy, healthier physically, mentally, and emotionally. Number two, the hardest one to do, don't be a shitty person. Or you can call it being a good person, be kind. Choose kindness. And it's a difficult thing to do because usually when we're the shittiest, it's because it's based off of an emotional reaction and not a logical one. But it's as simple as taking the step back, detaching from the emotion, separating the emotion from the logic. And when there's an opportunity to be a shitty person, you just don't take it. 
Don't don't write that mean post. Don't post that little gotcha Instagram story update about a politician you hate or a person that was a dickhead to you. Even if you think they deserve it, don't do it because all you're doing is adding to the negativity and shit in this world. Okay, Just by the simple action of inaction and not doing that, you are minimizing and taking away from the shit in the world, and now your brain is starting to focus on more important things outside of negativity and stress and shit. Okay, So don't be a shitty person. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. I started doing this more so uh, now when I wake up, first thing when when I wake up in the morning, is I open my eyes before I even get out of bed. I think about, well, first I think about death. Um, I'm scared of death, but I think about how it can happen at any moment to me or someone I love. And then I think about all the, you know, one good thing I have in my life, like a friend, a person, um, a thing, a roof over my head, whatever, when an experience I, you know, I, I, I learned from. And I think about what my life would be like without it or without that person. And I, then you actively start to be grateful for having that in your life. And when you do that with your brain, when you're actively using your brain in that capacity, in that capacity of gratitude, you start to change your muscle memory and how your brain acts and thinks and functions and the circuitry inside works and how it works, excuse me. So now you're going to start changing your mindset overall to being in a state of gratitude and positivity more so than you are in negativity and bullshittery on the internets and, and stressful situations and what have you. And you couple that with being a kind person and not being a shitty person. And you couple that with exercising every day and being healthier physically, mentally, emotionally. And that, my friends, is the recipe to being a better person, being happier, being more positive, less stressed, and spreading that goodness to, to those around you. It's as simple as that. Three things. Do them every day. You do them every day, I promise you. You'll look back years from now, and you're going to thank me. You're going to thank yourself for doing it. You'll be like, holy shit, my life is so much better and happier now, and those around me are in so much better of a state because I'm not an asshole. I'm not a fat, lazy, sickly, negative, ornery asshole who takes everything for granted anymore. I am a happy person grateful for beyond to be on this earth another day and to have the life I live and the people around me. So that's all I got. I'll try I'll keep you guys updated on the business if I get, you know, if I get new courses built or blogs put out there. But I'm gonna try to, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it on, you know, less because I don't want this to become spearhead leadership podcast. That's not what this is. This is something different. It's happier, it's fun, silly, whatever. Um, it's, it's the passion project. This is the business separate, but real quick shout out to creature for helping me on our first live leadership call that we had last week. He was, uh, sort of like a Guinea pig testing out the new program we had, uh, for live calls in the community page. Um, and I hope you learned a lot from the, from the course, uh, and what we have in store for the future. So, uh, thank you for the creature to the creature for that, but thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to like, and subscribe and spread the good word. Uh, Tell your friends and enemies so that they can also uh, experience all the greatness here at the LPDS and the universe here. So thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.